0: I feel like we need Mel Brooks to play the part of Samuel.
1: For real, oh my yeah. gosh.
0: Welcome to the Ask Pastor Jeff Anything podcast, the podcast that implies not only that I have answers, but that there are answers to begin with, because we tackle the big questions of faith. I'm Jeff Slater, the lead pastor at Trinity United Methodist in Lincoln, Nebraska, here as always with
1: Jody and Renee Giron, the ministry minion, which I'm realizing
0: ministry minion.
1: it works really well to, with the topic today. It does? I feel like that. It, it's Okay,
0: sure, why not? Okay. Anyway, uh, so last week we had this conversation about demons. Uh, That's a question that people get sometimes, especially us uh, uh, mainliners and us Age of Enlightenment people. Isn't it great that we're so enlightened after all, I say, with sarcasm dripping? But, you know, you read these stories in the Bible and you think, what's going on? So if you have questions there, go back. But the reason we got off on demons was because a question came about ghosts. Now, is that the question, or is there more to say? Because you always say the question.
1: Well, yes. So the question was, what do we do slash believe about ghosts, haunted places, and exorcisms? So exorcisms kind of got us into the, the demon-devil thing.
0: Right. And I was thinking ghosts and demons, you know, similar topic, and was worried about filling the time, and yeah, there we go. We could have talked about demons another hour. Totally. We didn't even get to ghosts. So here we are. Here's, here's what I realized thinking about this, you know, kind of getting ready for this ghost conversation today. Last week, I told a story about when I asked a couple of my seminary professors back in the day about demons and i kind of i kind of got the polite blow off you know the barely respectful blow off that that good scholars don't ask about demons you know it's kind of what i got and you know what i realized searching my heart for this conversation i'm giving the, i've always given the same polite blow off to the question of ghosts I am open to talking about demons. Uh, I mean, I'll acknowledge that there's something going on in the Bible. There are stories in the world that there really seem to be something, but the stories—the stories of ghosts—I have a harder time with. Um, Why? Well, that's an excellent question. Are you—are you my my psychologist, my therapist? Your spiritual director. Your spiritual director. It seems like one of those kind of moments, and and you know, part of it's probably the whole Age of Enlightenment thing. You know, it's something that I haven't experienced myself. It's something that I haven't seen. But there's also a theological wrestling that I have with it about a loving God, what happens after we die, what we see in Jesus. I have a theological wrestling with it, too. I'm kind of thinking maybe you better go first on this one, because you're, you're more open than I am. I'm sensing that you're—I'm bo- really trying to read the look you're giving me right now, too.
1: <laughs> well, I do think it's fun that <clears throat> this is episode 13. It's the 30th. episode. Is it really? Episode. Oh, my goodness. And we're talking about ghosts.
0: Yeah. It's like the building where there's no 13th floor.
1: So the hotel I grew up in yeah. did not have a 13th floor, and that was very, which bothered me as the little rational in the room because I was like, well, there clearly is a 13th floor. We just didn't have we the number 13. We just call it 14. Right. Yeah. But it was really a thing, like a lot of big buildings back in the day. Maybe
0: it's a conspiracy. Maybe 13th floor is where all the secrets are kept.
1: We seriously need to do a um a podcast on, like, the Illuminati and all of the Christian conspiracies. ghosts, ghosts. Okay, ghosts, so
0: ghosts.
1: (laughs) Okay, so, well, you got me thinking, because you said theology, and I'm the one that kept pointing out to you that ghosts are in the Bible.
0: Yes. Yes. Yes, but...
1: Yeah, yes, but what?
0: <laughs> yes, but when Jesus died and is raised three days later and he appears to Thomas, doubting Thomas. If I hate calling him doubting Thomas. I so he gets a bad I, rap. I, right, but if that helps bring the story back for you all, you know the story I'm talking about. Jesus appears to him and says... Look, they all think they see him, and they think he's a ghost. And Jesus says, "I am." What does he say? Say it with me now, everybody. I am not a ghost as you suppose. That is not the ghost I'm talking about. Look and touch. Well, I know, but see, how do you, how do you, how do you get the resurrection? What Jesus shows us in the resurrection, and what Jesus promises us in the resurrection, how do you make that? Jive. I've I've suddenly gone from high language to 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 jive, but I think it works. How do you go for? How do you make resurrection jive with ghosts? Okay, share us, share it. Give us give us some proof text, chapter and verse, some ghosts for I'm us I'm here, working on that as part our as our I'm, intellectual Jody. I'm I'm right now uh, uh, treading water because she's flipping through the Bible looking for something.
1: Uh, there's a very specific story in the Old Testament, but also here's the thing it kind of blows back to when we uh remember when we were talking about the afterlife which I don't remember which podcast that was but we were talking it was with um Phil why do Catholics pray to the dead and we were talking about that notion that maybe our perfection continues on after we die
0: how boring would it be for a learner like me to get to the afterlife and find I knew everything and there was no more journey left to go on. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. So, where do you think that happens? Where? Yeah.
0: What an interesting question. Hmm.
1: See, I got so, you thinking.
0: So maybe part of this then is the nature of the afterlife.
1: Yeah. Because
0: one thing, one thing I would, uh, one thing I would reject theologically is the idea of a trapped spirit. Of course. That is something that I would solidly reject. So I visited the, um, uh, my uh, in-laws live in Denver, and vi- we uh, visited uh, in Estes Park the um, Stanley Hotel. Yep. Which is just beautiful, and uh, the, uh, um, the side of The Shining, is that the yep. right movie that was filmed there? Yep. Uh, and they, we took the tour, you know, and we hear about all the ghosts, and most of what we heard was trapped spirit kind of things and i don't know i mean i haven't had the experience how can i knock those who those trustworthy people who say they've had that experience but the whole trap spirit thing bugs me that bugs me theologically loving loving god and what we see of the afterlife in jesus i can't make that work but okay did you find your scripture i did okay
1: okay but i'm going to come at you with this one first we talked about how we our energy there's a consciousness there's all of these things right when we were talking about that podcast maybe it's as is true of many things we just have a crummy definition of ghosts like maybe it's not a trapped spirit that. thing
0: I'm open to that yeah
1: because part of it takes me to when the Apostle Paul where we get our bad um, interpretation of our bad theology of the rapture yeah yeah so the cloud hey
0: that would be another good podcast that would be a great somebody podcast somebody asks that question we'll answer it that that one actually has an answer that anyway go that one does go ahead. have an answer <laughs>
1: Um, but it, it, Paul, and I know I've said this before, because it's like one of my favorite metaphor pictures in the whole wide world, and I think it explains a lot of things, is when Paul talks about the cloud of witnesses, or they'll be mm-hmm. taken up into the clouds, or even Jesus went up into the clouds, the word for cloud, the Greek word wasn't like a, an astral cloud, it wasn't a heavenly cloud, it wasn't a sky cloud, it's more like the fog in San Francisco right. that the hovers. Right, the cloud all around. Yeah, you walk through it. And yeah. So if we think about the cloud of witnesses, if we think about the um, those that have gone before us in the faith being like a fog that exists around us. this.
0: And I would push back by saying, yeah, heck yeah. However, that's not what most people mean by ghosts. Well,
1: that's why I just said we have a prominent well, definition.
0: Here. We're already getting to a better place. Okay, so yeah.
1: first, in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 28, I love this story because no one ever wants to explain it. <laughs> so the uh, the prophet Samuel had died, and he was sort of the one that helped establish the kingdom of Israel. Really cool story. Love Samuel. He's a good dude. And the Philistines are still bearing in, and of course, um, the new king Saul, first king, is freaking out, and he wants some certainty. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? So when he saw this, he prayed. I love this. I love the way the story gets written down. Because it says, when Saul questioned the Lord, the Lord didn't answer him. Not by dreams, not by the prophets, just God the vending machine. I just love when God blows our minds <laughs> on that one. So Saul um, says, find me a woman who communicates with ghosts. And they say a to woman. him, oh yeah, there's okay. a, I know. Well, I won't,
0: that's a, that's don't, another Don't, don't
1: go okay. there. Um, there is such a medium <laughs> in Endor. Also, Endor! Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Ewoks, enter. No, that's not in the Bible. So Saul disguised himself. But, sh- yeah, but should it out. be? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> he goes in and he asks this woman, um, oh, because Saul had banned, here's where it gets even better, Saul had banned all of the mediums and the spirit speakers because they were considered evil. Right. Nah. But then he goes to visit one, which is why it's so tricky, which is why he's dressed.
0: Well, it's, it's a woman. I say, again, dripping with sarcasm.
1: So anyway, Saul swears to her that he won't get her in trouble um, and asks her to call up a specific person. So she, he says, bring up Samuel. And so she does this and figures out that she's talking to Saul because here's what the part I love. I'm going to read it to you if I can find it. Um, So she says, yes, I see him. An old man is coming up. He's wrapped in a robe. And then samuel the spirit of samuel literally the ghost of samuel speaks and says why have you disturbed me <laughs> i mean like i, I don't feel, know samuel i feel was like probably doing something a, super chill and cool in the afterlife and he was like gosh dang it the phone a, rings
0: especially from the old testament also known as the hebrew bible
1: yeah anyway so then um and then they have a whole conversation and Saul and samuel basically is saying like why are you asking me? I mean, you asked God and he didn't answer you and you need to chill out. Ooh, and it gets dark because then Samuel says to him, come tomorrow, you and your sons will be with me. Oh, that's insane. Totally cool. forgot about that ending. You
0: know what else is funny?
1: Hmm.
0: Bringing up indoor and Star Wars, I was totally picturing that in my mind as the uh, the, the Jedi, like, who have died. Yeah. Uh, appearing. It almost makes me wonder. Very Yoda,
1: if, very Obi-Wan.
0: Yeah, It almost makes me wonder if uh, Steven Spielberg did that on purpose with indoor?
1: Ooh, ooh! Uh, yeah.
0: Okay, we're okay, getting we're falling down another hole. So anyway. Okay.
1: <laughs> um, it's clearly a ghost. Yeah. Clearly able to communicate. Clearly mediums and diviners, spiritual divinationists were active in doing things. Now, if you want to put a moral judgment on that or whatever, then fine. But um, one can't say that it wasn't happening.
0: So, so yeah so we we really are coming down here to what is a ghost uh so using the language that we're developing here uh and and me being a scholarly type can't admit i'm wrong you know that's like really it must just be that
1: you're scholarly type
0: scholar code you can't ever admit you're wrong uh are you but, sure that's
1: not a man thing
0: are you are, are you a medium
1: i'm just dishing back are now. you a
0: medium as if you a, okay. can't take it <laughs> no 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 so okay where i was going somewhere with this what was it so what what ghosts. what i'm rejecting what i what i'm saying i'm rejecting is ghosts is perhaps not this definition of ghost what i'm rejecting of ghosts is kind of this the, the popular notion the fairy
1: tale superstitious version
0: right the superstitious version now now once again there are trustworthy people that say that they've had experiences. Do you and, know any? Hmm?
1: Do you know people that have had ghost stories?
0: No. Well, it's minor ones. Okay. By the way, John Wesley, United Methodism's found, Methodism's founder, had a ghost story of his own uh, in his childhood home. There was a, a well-known to be a ghost who, by the way, I say here as Pastor Jeff, the ghost was known as Old Jeffrey. Excellent yes so wesley's childhood home was haunted by old jeffrey now i wonder about that too because uh have i ever made up stories with my kids (laughs) oh yeah so maybe this is just Susanna wesley saying would you go to sleep already john would you stop thinking and trying to fix the world and go to sleep because you know he was fair okay i've gone down another rabbit hole Mm -hmm. so what what i'm rejecting is more this notion of like stanley hotel style like
1: malevolent spirits that
0: malevolent i would also write. uh and another thing that i would reject is um like um ghost hunters on tv where people come out with these little uh oh
1: they're like devices energy tracking
0: weird energy tracking things and they go to scary places with scary music underscoring it and think oh there was a spike there must be a ghost here Mm -hmm. now here's the thing I have a suspicion that many of people asking, I mean, here I am writing this off very quickly, I have a hunch that most people that would ask this question, that's what they're asking about.
1: Malevolent spirit stuff.
0: Right. And I don't want to just write it off, mm-hmm. but at the same time, we're getting to an interesting place here about what may be a, a, a healthier theological faith perspective on ghosts, mm-hmm. and I, I kind of like that.
1: Yeah. Well, and I'm still unclear what to make of some of the bizarre paranormal stuff. Get to that in a second, Mm. but of course, growing up with um, Dia de los Muertos,
0: right? Because you have Mexican heritage, yes, and right,
1: we're taught to talk to our ancestors, which we talked about in our pray to the dead, pray for the dead, pray to the dead. But we also have normalized visits from our ancestors. So, fun story when Nacho, my son, was um, very little, he was three and he was having a very hard time giving up the pacifier and we actually were because of his his a uh, pretty significant breathing problem and the pacifier did a really good job of sort of helping him regulate his breathing well, yeah. Yeah. so we didn't take it from him too soon but then it was starting to be a problem and he definitely was a little attached and um so we would we kind of narrowed it down to just nap time you know or just just sleeping right. and then just nap time and he was two and a half, very verbal, almost three, I think. And um, he had a, dr- well, I figured out it, what it, was, it was a dream, but basically he said how he was laying in bed with his pacifier and Papacito, which actually means little potato, so please nobody who actually speaks Spanish judges, judge me for that. It was a name the grandkids gave him that stuck. But my grandpa, Papacito, came and um, Leo said he drove up in his blue car there were all of these details drove up this in his, is in the dream this is yeah or his experience of grandpa drove right. up in his blue car and came in and in this very specific voice that grandpa used to use with all of us kids this kind of joking around mm-hmm. he said you don't need that pinky and leo got up from bed came out of into the dining room took all of his little passies out of his drawer out of the drawer and threw them in the garbage and turned and told me the story well, Leo was fifteen. Nacho was fifteen months old when my grandfather died. He told me about
0: the. You blue, wouldn't remember that. No. He wouldn't remember like the voice. The blue
1: Taurus. I was going to say, was it?
0: Was his car actually? Yes, blue?
1: he had a blue Taurus. And
0: how would Leo know that?
1: He wouldn't. But even the the way he did it with the finger, and he did this voice, and um, my sister and I were both sitting there, and just we didn't question it, but at the same time, it was this kind of no way moment you know even though we we both grew up with a um, category for ancestors visiting you. but Nacho is named after my grandpa right and they were very close um, and I was the uh, grandpa's caretaker in his death. We were very close. So there is this kind of whoa, how do you it to, to me it fits in the category of what we're talking about too though that right. the veil is maybe thinner than we think.
0: And I have heard stories of people who were. It seems most of the this, you know the stories you hear as a pastor. Uh, and, and by the way, I'm I'm kind of uh, amalgamizing. Mm-hmm. I've made up another word. Mm-hmm. Uh, several several stories here, uh, uh, just so that I don't tell anybody's story without permission. Sure. Here, I'm I'm kind of changing and and, and globbing together but i have heard multiple stories of people usually it seems people who are really struggling with grief and having difficulty letting go mm-hmm. that have an experience of seeing mm-hmm. the one that they've lost mm-hmm. now it's worth that we are in the age of enlightenment mm-hmm. so the skeptic might say to those kinds of stories like heavily in grief mm-hmm. that it's a delusion caused by a troubled psyche now sure. i'm i'm not so sure. Maybe, maybe not. Either way, what does it matter? It could even a delusion can be from God. Sure. <laughs> that said, the story you just tell—that one could not be that. There's no. things that he couldn't have known otherwise.
1: No. Yeah. And I think of you know Saul and the there. There's just too many not scary, not uh, ill-intended but just places where it seems like the 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 veil thins you know yeah and those that have gone before us speak
0: i now i do want to get back to the paranormal type things because i yes. think that's what mo- where most people are asking so this strikes me as a very healthy Theology of ghosts. Ghostology. It, what would we g- call it? <laughs> no, please, no. That just sounds wrong. The, I mean this this is a this is a very Christian way to look at mm-hmm. experiences of those who have died. I think a lot of the questions that people ask, though, that we should be talking about. I mean, not that we shouldn't be talking about that, but <laughs> that we should be talking about are about the more paranormal stuff, the ghost hunters, the Stanley Hotel, that mm-hmm. kind of thing, and uh, one. One thing I would say that does seem to resonate, you mentioned the veil is thin. Mm-hmm. Uh, that comes from Celtic... the I mean, you know this, I'm telling everybody else. Mm-hmm. That comes from Celtic theology that has one of my favorite things in all of Christianity. This was a bit of so-called paganism that the uh, uh, Celts brought into Christianity in the most wonderful way. The idea of thin times and thin places where the veil between heaven and earth becomes especially thin. And um, my, uh, my, uh, it's, I, I've witnessed it here at Trinity, too, but my last church had an especially strong practice of All Saints Day that church had uh, experienced a large number of deaths Mm -hmm. over many many years and so All Saints Day of lifting up those who had died in the last year had become a very strong tradition. Mm -hmm. They had this a big cross, Um, many building superintendents would complain about the big cross that has to go up every year Uh, but it's all candles and it's just it's beautiful. I mean it's Mm -hmm. a spectacular sight which adds adds beauty in the specialness and then you light the candles for those who had died during the reading of the names. It just, at, and at that church that church always seemed like a thin place and a thin time that All Saints Day, everybody knew it was going to be special and it Mm -hmm. always was. Yes. And I experienced that here this year too, largely thanks to the uh, the effort that you helped put into it Mm -hmm. with the bags and everything else Mm -hmm. we did. But-
1: Luminaries. Luminaries,
0: yeah, bags, yeah. (laughs) So here's the thing. First of all, is there such a thing as a thin time and a thin place? Or is it more just times and places where we open ourselves up to it more? Is the veil always thin? We just don't always allow it to be thin. Maybe it's not the veil itself, but our defenses. Yes. That become thin in a thin time and a thin place. And the reason I bring that up is because one thing uh, we, oh gosh, I don't wanna sound dismissive, but I'm gonna use air quotes. One thing that we quote learned on the Stanley Hotel tour (laughs) that you can tell I'm a doubter of is that there is a spiritual energy Mm -hmm. in the Stanley Hotel that is especially strong and they described one stairwell that is a vortex of spiritual energy. Where there's all these stories of strange things happening, and of course they tell us that right before we go up those stairs.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> seed planted.
0: So is is that now? Okay. I've already I've already spoken dismissively about it, and I should be being more open. But is that something that resonates with thin times and thin places, or is that just superstition? You can tell I tend to lean towards superstition. I'm curious what you think, though.
1: I love that differentiation because i do think i think it's important that we we set aside days and times and places to practice knowing that the veil is thin and but i do think that there are just some people who are always tuned into that because i do think it's always thin. i think it's just that we've gotten
0: and that's what i'm inclined now i as a pastor i will continue to talk about thin times and thin places because doing so opens us up to it Yes. You know, a sanctuary. Uh, here we have Spirit Hall is a thin place. Mm-hmm. I cannot walk into Spirit Hall without having a moment of, ah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. That this this is the place where we do baptisms. This is the place where we receive communion. This is the place where we open ourselves to to grow in our faith and to worship. You could say um,
1: we've imprinted it spiritually with
0: good things. Right. But uh, in, in my heart of hearts, I think that the thing that's special about it is us, because of what we do in it, mm-hmm. not the actual land it sits on. It. Now, I'm wondering there there would be those who argue the other way on that. But.
1: Yeah, so my weird indigenous mestizo roots would argue that we leave traces of our own spiritual selves, like soul, like the fingerprints of a soul on places that you you touch frequently right? i like that phrase so think about if you walked into auschwitz no. the energy it has an energy it has a, a vibe it has a you know the walls have a history a spiritual energetic history there's a story in the place now and i'm not going to say it's haunted but i'm but sometimes i wonder if we use that word to explain that
0: the word haunted.
1: Yes, the word haunted to explain that kind of feeling of malaise that we get sometimes in places that they're the you know, that that fingerprint has been so um, destructive.
0: You know, I've always wanted to do an October Halloween time sermon series on words that we really need to reclaim. Mm-hmm. And haunted is one of them. Mm-hmm. Enchanted, by the way, is another one. Mm-hmm. What would it mean to be enchanted by the Holy Spirit? Yes. Uh but you know another example of that uh, is um, I always have to say this carefully because it it, it can touch very strong emotion. Uh, but there's part of me that truly loves visiting hospice houses mm-hmm. because there's just there's just something in the hallway of a hospice house.
1: It's the river Styx.
0: <laughs> That's a whole nother. <laughs> let's not bring mythology okay. into this. Uh, though that would be interesting because it's how it's how other cultures of other times have come to wrestle with these same things these transitions yeah but walking through uh walking through the hallways of a hospice house there's always this stillness in the air
1: but how is Um, that not a place that's maybe not haunted enchanted it is literally it is. a portal.
0: It is, but that's a very different thing than was described at the Stanley Hotel, is what I'm saying. Well, yes. This is That is something that seems much more compatible with the cloud of witnesses, the fog of witnesses, mm-hmm. um, rather than a trapped spirit kind of thing. Mm-hmm. This is just a place where one of the holiest moments of life, which is death, mm-hmm. Has happened again and again, mm-hmm. and there's something special in those hallways because of it. Mm-hmm. The fingerprints on the fingerprints of the soul, mm-hmm. as you say. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the hospice is. An amazing place. It and, has a totally different energy.
0: And I've long said, if you want to meet a spiritual person, find a hospice chaplain or even a hospice nurse. Yes. Uh, someone who works there, uh, or volunteers for that matter. I know someone who helped do paperwork at a hospice house, <laughs> and a similar a similar spiritual depth rubbed off. Mm-hmm. There's something about that work.
1: Mm-hmm. You can't be that close to it and not be yeah. affected. OK, well, so in Day of the Dead, I'm curious what you think about this. So there's actually three days, Dia de los Martos. There's three days. And one of the days is for people who have died violently and unexpectedly. I did not know this. Yes. This
0: is one I haven't heard. So
1: there's one day that's for your ancestors and all of your friends and everything. And then there's a day that's for infants. And for mothers, actually, who die in childbirth and mothers. And then there's a day for those who died unexpectedly or, quote-unquote, before their time or violently. Like the victims of homicide and murder. Um, And the idea, too, is that they need a different invitation to come through the veil. Because it's this notion that death isn't supposed to be destructive. It isn't supposed to be an unexpected end. There's supposed to be a cycle to it, right? There's something
0: like, there's, oh, I like this phrase I'm about to say. Okay. There's supposed to be something life giving about death. Yes. Not something life destroying.
1: Yes. Yes. And it was kind of the thing you and I were talking about with evil, that evil at its nature is, um, lays waste to what is good and right. And so to lay waste to somebody's life has in its very nature, a kind of, um, evil uh, engine you know kind of a, a drive to it that's disruptive and so there's something for the one who's passed in this in our tradition I mean I'm not assigning value to one or the other that says that for those who have been murdered or or died um, tragically their soul doesn't always know what where they
0: are what to do mm, see I'm I'm gonna wrestle there okay because, uh, uh, oh, I hate talking off the cuff without time to think it through. <laughs> you say with a devilish grin. <laughs> uh, I, I have trouble there, and I think because I hold God's grace so highly. If God walks with us every day of our life, and sure, we may have moments where we're confused, moments where we wander. Mm-hmm. But how would the great shepherd not help one through that moment? Mm-hmm. I mean, God lets... I'm trying to think of a, how would you object to what I just said. How how would one object to what I no, just said? No, I, so, I don't. You see, I, I, wrestle, I wrestle a little bit there. Mm-hmm. You're, you're trying to get back to the whole trap spirit idea, maybe come up with something. Well, is, and that, that's is that kinda, where you're going?
1: Well, because so many times when you hear about these trap spirit things, you know, the things we... It's, it, the it's, phrases... It's some
0: terrible... Right. Uh, or it's some terrible death. Unfinished
1: or, business.
0: Unfinished business. Right. Yeah.
1: Um, And so...
0: I can't I can't make that go with God's grace I know I can't I'm using drive twi- I'm using drive too much in this yeah. uh, what does that say okay anyway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's a lot of words I leave out in our podcast so I think it's <laughs> fine for you to, um, yeah I don't know that's the hard part is that I do think that there's something more transitionary and beautiful about um, life and death and then what continues but you know and and i don't think of death as a light switch i don't think that we're alive and then we're dead and so i do kind of wonder if there's something i don't understand that can happen when somebody does just flip off the light
0: well now that does need to be said all of this is stuff we don't really understand we can't really see we're just looking looking through a mirror darkly as paul says
1: yeah, and incidentally, in, D- in Day of the Dead, when we honor those that have died tragically, it's those that have died tragically in the last year. It's not like somebody who was murdered four hundred years ago. Yeah. So there is something just about the uh, the season, I guess, of trying to find their way to I don't
0: know. Yeah, if you want to talk about praying for the dead, that would be the previous podcast mm-hmm. episode. Uh, a very compatible conversation. Now that I think about it.
1: I'm inclined to think that places can't be haunted the way like with poltergeists and all this weird stuff but I do think like we were talking about that places can be left with an imprint of like have you ever walked into a house and it just like that's been empty or that's really really old and it just feels warm you know an, an author would say something like the walls were echoing with the laughter of children you know I tried to not say that too ridiculously but, <laughs> but there's something about the way a, a structure, well you just said it about Spirit Hall, yes it's the people that have done it, but it holds the, um, the good things, it holds the, the intent of the good things that happen in there.
0: Yeah, and I will say one of my um, one thing that's become important to my own spiritual journey that I've wrestled with here at Trinity mm-hmm. is I've always found it special to go sit in empty sanctuaries because of that. Um, And even before I was a pastor I managed to find ways to go sit in an empty sanctuary from time to time And now then I became a pastor so I had a key (laughs) And I could go sit in one, you know, take a few minutes at the end of my day and just kind of soak in that That energy now not not that you need to not that you can't find God without it but there's something special about that place and one of the reasons I have wrestled with it here is because Part of the reason for that energy is that we have the child care and so often Spirit Hall is full of screaming children. Yes. And that's why I can't do that as much here because of said screaming children. The walls yes.
1: hold the laughter. Wait, no. Oh, Okay, yes. but why what? do you think we consecrate spaces?
0: Why do we consecrate them? Or
1: bless houses? Or blessed cemetery. You know,
0: this is interesting. We have, uh, as we record this, we're getting ready to do blessing of the backpacks. Yes. Uh, here at Trinity, and uh, a question had come to me. Um, uh, I'm not sure if it was for the podcast or not, but what's what's the purpose of uh, blessing inanimate objects? Mm-hmm. And my answer to him was that it's uh, not so much that we're blessing the backpack, so much as using the backpack as a a tangible reminder of everything that happens at school. It's not the backpack that we're blessing so much as the children and the teacher and all the things that will happen as the year go the years go on. The intention and, of the yeah. year. And when you're when you're when you're okay, I'm gonna be silly about it. I don't mean to be flippant, but I'm gonna be silly to make my point here. Okay. Um when you hear me do the prayer Sunday, I'm not gonna say, oh God bless these backpacks. May the zippers be strong so that the books don't fall out. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm gonna Though say. So maybe
1: you need some Pentecostal friends. I'm just saying. Yeah,
0: I've also seen some of the cheap backpacks my kids have used, and mm. maybe maybe the zippers do need a special yes. prayer but anyway <laughs> no 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 what i'm going to say in that prayer is oh god these backpacks mean to us the books that will be held in them and the learning that will come from in them and they'll be carried by these children every day into their school for all that they will learn and all the relationships that they will form and this year new experiences and new challenges mm-hmm. and fears and god we ask you to bless that mm-hmm. that's what i'll say in fact that was really good i'm going to play this back and write that down for sunday's prayer
1: <laughs> oh my goodness. okay but even
0: so, that so yeah to get it back it's not the space that we consecrate not the it's not the atoms that we consecrate i would say but why not I I guess I'm speaking from enlightenment and age of reason here, I know. But it's the experiences that will happen in them that we consecrate. Then
1: why do we consecrate graveyards?
0: Do we? That's one I hadn't heard. But of course, of course we do now that I think of it.
1: Okay, so I have one... one We're kind of wandering into a whole other podcast Well, so I... Well, because it makes me think about haunted houses. And... Or haunted spaces, you know, or exorcisms, because that, that was her other question. I don't know, the exorcism from people thing, I don't even want to get into. We, we did
0: that a little bit last yeah. week. But yeah, but
1: spaces, um, cleansing a space, burning sage, whatever, also a big part of my tradition. But
0: See, that's another one I'm uncomfortable with, but that's another podcast, and here we are at the end of our time.
1: Okay, so, <laughs> um, before I left Denver, I was asked to come bless a space and release a man from a space. Oh, yeah. And I was really unclear on what they meant by this. Well, what ended up happening was there was a man who'd lived alone. He was in his 50s, and he um, died by suicide, hung himself in a storage closet in the basement, wasn't found for a couple days, and then was found by the uh, the maintenance guy mm-hmm. and a young woman who lived there. And they asked... Pray for the maintenance
0: guy. Oh, gosh, right? Yeah, so they asked man. me
1: to come in and... Um, Basically what it was, was reclaiming the space. Right. That what had been used in such despair and aloneness um, and then the inevitable kind of horror and heartbreak of the people that found him could be reclaimed for something good and for life
0: but see, that's a very different thing than praying to release a spirit that's trapped.
1: Right, well, and so I wanted to tread carefully because it was yeah. a very interfaith group.
0: Oh, you gotta come up with interesting language in times like Yes, those. I've done that.
1: And the energy though, you know, cause I would argue that maybe sometimes we do bless the the timbers of the wood, that that, oh Jeff, maybe elements hold memory.
0: Now, that, okay, everybody listening has no idea what you're talking but about.
1: But you do, and that's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, that maybe there is more to that than we in our quote-unquote age of enlightenment um, in our intellectual elitism can make space for. Um, not that things are animated, per se, but that they can hold memory. And so... I don't know, maybe there's a little wiggle room in your theology, that's all I'm saying.
0: There's a lot that we don't know, and that's really what it comes down to, especially about what happens beyond our eyes.
1: But if you do have a ghost story, I totally wanna to hear it. Whoever's listening, I love ghost stories. Yeah,
0: share them. Yeah, I wish I could remember more about Old Jeffrey and John Wesley, cause it's just because it's Old Jeffrey, that's enough right there. Yeah, it's great, um, The um, my wife uh, preached at my old church, for we did a, a week where she was preaching. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did it on the supernatural. And I, I was off, and she was preaching. And oh, she had fun with old Jeffrey, the ghost who was haunting the sanctuary. Old Jeffrey preaching imagine. for her husband named Jeff. <sighs> too too much we got to have fun with it all too, right? Well, because, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us. Send in your questions. What was the one? We want to talk about rapture. Maybe that's next week. So we'll see. Maybe you guys will send in an even better question. Or, oh, should I say, who knows, maybe maybe we'll all be taken up before then. <laughs> oh, don't. No, I better not. Either way, thank you all for joining us. Good as always, and we'll see you next week.